Hi, everyone, and welcome to Startup Equity Matters, our first episode for 2024. So I'm excited about that one. I'll probably be a bit rusty, but who cares? You know, we're nice and relaxed here um, while we're learning about equity. So, yeah, for the new listeners, um, you know, we're here to talk about startup equity, how to create real value from it. Um, you know, we can't have everybody going spending tens of hours with their lawyer learning about every legal document. It's a bit of a disaster, you know, and we need startups to be able to handle their equity well so that they can create value from it for themselves and for their teams and for their investors. Um, today, uh, we have Leah Bose from CrowdSolve. We're really excited to have Leah on today. Um, we're going to cover um, a topic that's very important to us at Cake, which is you know, innovation for good, you know, how do we, you know, use our capital, use our energy, build companies that have a real impact in the world and create a better, a better future. So welcome, Leah. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Um, we've known each other for a few months now. Um, I spent a lot of time in the Colorado ecosystem. And so I've met you and your co-founder, Tim, there. And I was immediately excited about what you were doing. In Australia, we have a group called uh, Climate Salad, and they're leading the charge here, bringing just tons of great businesses together that are solving problems in in a similar space. And so, when we met, I was like, "Oh, fantastic! Uh, a new community that's that's doing good in the world um, in the startup space." So, um, why don't we start off and help everybody understand a bit more about Crowdsolve? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good, and we love Climate Salad as well. Um, but yeah, CrowdSolve is um, what we say is the world's largest and uh, earliest stage climate accelerator for climate and impact founders from around the world. Um, so we help early stage founders bring their ventures to life by connecting them to curriculum. We have an online software platform um, that is free today for early stage founders to use and get access to about 80 modules of online curriculum that take them through the venture development cycle. So ideate, build, test, and launch. Um, and then we also offer in per, uh, virtual programming, but live, um, where we're taking folks, a cohort of folks through the various, you know, kind of business specific topics that they need in order to launch their venture. Um, and we also create community around the early stage venture development and then help people get connected to early stage capital. So our goal is to help hundreds of thousands of climate innovators bring their innovation innovations to the world in the next 10 or so years. Um, and we really love to be able to help support the folks that, um, you know, otherwise maybe don't have connection to um, curriculum and how to really bring their venture to life or community um, or capital. So uh, doing it all in a way that brings more founders to the table and more innovation to the world. Amazing. Um, I'm a huge advocate for this type of thing, you know, as a, well, when I was starting out in startups, um, almost everything I knew from my previous career was irrelevant. <laughs> you know, uh, obviously, you know, there's there's a bunch of kind of those generic soft skills, you know, problem solving and leadership and energy. And, and there's all, you know, you, you, you can bring all of that, but your corporate life and your startup life are so, so different. And so there's so much to learn in those first couple of years. And so the program side of things, I'm sure is to, you know, incredibly valuable. So everybody should check that out if you're if you're in that space. And then the community element as well, being around other people that are going on this huge transition from 
you know, employee to, you know, wild entrepreneur and, and founder and building a team and, and all that stuff is, is super, super important. So, yeah, congrats on doing that. Um, digging into the program a tad, um, I, who, who's it open to? Um, you know, what's the sort of, you know, geographics? Is it American, you know, mm-hmm. North American, US only, uh, global? Yeah. What about global. Yeah, so we yeah we welcome all founders from around the world working on climate and impact um, innovation, and you know you kind of can choose your own adventure. So um, the software part of it, like I said, is free. Um, it's a really great way to go through at a self-paced way the curriculum, and then when you're ready to kind of accelerate your journey as a founder, joining um, the paid programming is really great for folks who are like, okay. I don't want to do this alone. I want to learn in uh, a group with other founders, mentors, and experts in the space. Um, and then, you know, have the greatest chance of getting into an accelerator, getting their first round of funding lined up. Um, so we're really kind of serving early stage founders who are maybe not yet ready for an accelerator or who have applied to an accelerator, haven't gotten in, and they need to continue to work on their venture. So we are partnered with about 45 accelerators from around the world and growing. Um, And we, you know, really serve as a resource for um, their applicants. They get hundreds of applications and can only, you know, uh, accept about 2% or so is generally kind of the average. Mm-hmm. Um, and so CrowdSolve is a resource for, you know, those partners through that application process. And then those founders have a home base and a place to go to continue to make progress on their innovation. So we are really definitely also all about bringing, you know, more diverse voices um, and founders to the world as well. And, and um, oftentimes, you know, the 2% that get in have just more access to um, a deeper network and more community that have kind of helped them get there. And so, you know, we're building that for the folks who don't get in um, or taking them before they're even applying and, and helping them get prepared. So um, yeah, global founders from all around the world, we have had folks join us from Africa, Australia, India, Pakistan, of course, uh, North America, um, and would love to be in lots of other regions. So all are welcome. Very cool. Very cool. Like I have personal experience with that. You know, one of the best moments and most um, positive things we ever did at Cake was getting into a really high quality accelerator, but we Mm -hmm. didn't get in the first time. You know, we weren't really ready. We had some major issues with our business model and and a bunch of other things that we weren't even really aware of. And the first time we applied, we got that feedback and we thought, wow, how are we going to cross this gap? And um, we then, you know, worked with people that had experience with you know with that particular accelerator so we did it in a really specific way but i can see what you're doing you're sort of you know productizing and and turning that into resources that can allow people to cross that gap so they can be that two percent um you know much more quickly or or at all i mean i suppose if you don't get help it's probably pretty hard to ever be in that two percent so um that's really cool yeah exactly i mean it's important to be able to I think you don't know what you don't know. And so especially as a first time founder, maybe even a second time founder, there's just a lot of gaps in the journey. And so if we can help demystify the journey a bit and do it in community with other founders, um, I didn't mention our mentor network, but our mentors are incredible. Um, you know, we have hundreds of mentors who have signed up and said, hey, I want to help support these early stage founders that are working on impactful climate innovation. And so you get um, mentorship both on the platform level as well as through paid programming as well. So um, the connection to mentors and to people who have gone 
down that road before is really incredible and super. You can see the iterations that our founders make on their pitch or on their business model as they're getting feedback from mentors and other experts in the space. So um, it's, nice. it's just it's nice to r- relieve the isolation of being a founder because it can be isolating sometimes. Right, right, love it. Well, this is far from an ad for Crowdsoul, but I'm very I'm a huge, huge fan. So that's all organic and authentic. But uh <laughs> let's let's chat a bit about Leah. Um, you know, our listeners love to get to know our guests, uh, you know, personally as well. I think it's a super interesting uh, part of what we do. So um yeah, tell us a bit about you know your career to date and you know how you ended up working in early stage climate tech. Sure. Yeah. Um I think it was a bit of a journey. Um, I started my career in hospitality. I managed a boutique hotel in Boulder, Colorado. Um, and while I loved taking care of people and connecting with guests, I knew that I wanted to be more focused in technology and doing something a little bit more scalable. So I took that experience and pivoted into um, joining an early stage technology company in Denver called PaySimple. Um, I was there for 12 years, really, you know, saw that hockey stick growth, um, joined, I don't know, I think it was the 55th employee or something like that. And um, PaySimple, as part of a a broader now ecosystem called EverCommerce, ended up um, going public in 2021. Um, I was there for 12 years, really had the opportunity to build out the reactive customer care organization, the proactive customer success organization sit as kind of the executive of the voice of customer across the holistic customer experience and um, led a team of about 45 folks. And so it was a really incredible, just, you know, started with just a few team members and was able to grow out the customer facing organization, um, you know, in a really great and meaningful way. And so I loved Mm -hmm. what I was doing. What's the key um, there? What would you tell people about that? You know, what was the, you know, the one insight on that, that project? Yeah. Um, I really, well, when I joined, I had a few other options. Um, it was kind of early 2009. Um, and I liked the product a lot. I thought the product had a lot of potential. It was pretty early days of, um, helping customers take payments, uh, from their customers. And so that's what that software did, um, specifically around service-based SMBs. So the market was really big. Um, and we were kind of helping folks in an area that was taking up a lot of their time as they were running their business. Um, the company, the reason why I stayed with the company for so long is we got to co-create just an amazing set of values, I think. Um, and we really live by those values. So passion, authenticity, teamwork, happiness, and service. And um, everybody brought that to the table each day. And then nice. we translated that to, you know, relationships with our customers and partners and, and stuff like that. So I think that's what kept me there was being super tied to the values and building, you know, uh, something with a bunch of other people who were, you know, aligned in that way. Oh, stop it. That's amazing. That's exactly how I, I see things. You know, you build a great team and you be great people and then the, the great company comes afterwards. Um, yeah. So, yeah, amazing to hear that. I didn't plant that either, but that's like <laughs> one of my key messages or building a company as well. So really. Yeah. I mean, it's where we started with CrowdSolve too. Sorry. Uh, is like figuring out the core values and then building from there. Cause I think if you can get everybody aligned, that's a great place to start. When, what are the values of the CrowdSolve community? Um, do you want to? Yeah. Yeah? Sure. Um, so CrowdSolve community is um, founder fanatics. So we are founders helping founders all about founder success and happiness and 
you know, making founders have the greatest chance at success. Um, and then a collaborative DNA. So the thing that I love the most about working in climate is that there's so much collaboration, there's so much opportunity to pull more people in and to, you know, join hands together to combat this, this crisis. And so we are very much focused on creating collaboration over competition and connecting people in that way. And then finally, a conscious urgency. So I think this applies both to like being a founder as a founder, you're like, I got to work on this. I got to work on this. There's so many things to go after. And so being really focused on the things that will have the biggest impact and, um, you know, both from a climate as a whole perspective, as well as a building your business perspective. Amazing. Um, so obviously we're an equity focused podcast and the thread that we're pulling here is, um, you know, equity for good, right? So what we're doing, you know, what Leah and, and Tim and the community are doing is they're bringing capital into a space where it's needed and they're helping create, you know, success stories within that space by educating and growing the company, the founders and their teams, but also the community. So this is, you know, really creating value from equity, you know, I guess at a, at a high level, at, at a community level, uh, which is amazing. Um, love this stuff. Uh, and, you know, taking a step back, I think, Leah, when we were catching up previously, you said you, you've also got an equity story from your prior role, which I think is always nice to unpack because quite often what we see people who are the real leaders in the community have had, you know, experience with equity earlier in their career and, and quite often some sort of, you know, small, medium or even large success with their equity along the way, which creates a bit of freedom for them. Um, mentally and emotionally to go and take on bigger challenges. Um, so anything, I think there's a little bit you could share there around around your prior equity story. Sure. Yeah, it's such a good question and such a good point, right, um, about being able to then use that equity to potentially build something else. Um, yes, I joined, like I said, as an early employee at PaySimple um, and was able to, as part of my compensation package, earn equity over time. And that obviously grew um, until, you know, the company IPO'd. And so that was a really fantastic way to just, you know, kind of stick with it as well um, and see. I, I was excited to have the opportunity to be able to um, kind of see it from one one beginning to another really beginning or ending, I guess you can say. Um, and so one thing that I really learned though, um, on my own like personal equity journey was that there's an opportunity to buy over time, which at least in the U S is very helpful from, um, a tax perspective. And so that was something that I didn't understand. I'm not giving tax advice or legal advice in any way, but, um, yeah. as I did my own research, I was like, Oh, okay, this, this would be good to have, yeah. I had a better understanding of because it also makes at a time of, um, you know, at a funding event, um, you don't have to necessarily do the math to figure it all out if you should purchase or, or not. So that was a learning that um, I, you know, t took with me. And I think every situation is different, but it was a good thing to understand and go through. Yeah, unfortunately, in the US, it's a bit, bit tricky because there's sort of three or four different types of equity you can get. Uh, mm -hmm. There's our, uh, ISOs and NSOs with options and yep. then RSUs and RSAs and you know so you do need to kind of look and see oh which type have I got and um, sometimes companies even have multiple kinds you could even ask hey like maybe I want this better kind I normally recommend mm -hmm. uh, that you get NSOs because they're really flexible mm -hmm. tax perspective but again, that's not tax advice that's just like my learnings sort of I think NSOs are kind of the most flexible and give the the team member the most opportunity to to sort of 
um, to own them in the best way. But each company is different. You do need to sort of look at the rules. And as Leah's pointed out, um, with most types of equity, um, when you convert to a share, um, impacts the amount of tax that you pay. So something to check out. Um, cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. There's a little, mm-hmm. little lesson there. Might save people some tax, which <laughs> people are pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> so nice. Um, all right. And so right, we're in Crownsolve now. We're pumping along. Um, what's the big goals for, for 2024? Um, you know, what do you, what are we going to achieve? Um, love to sort of dig into what's coming up and sure. how people can get involved as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big goals for 2024 are to continue to help more climate innovators. So we're always looking for partnerships with, um, more accelerators, universities, prizes, um, again, um, you know, folks and organizations that have access to a lot of founders that they're not necessarily able to support. That's a great place to engage with CrowdSolve from like a um, partnership standpoint. Um, we're also um, super keen on um, exploring partnerships with corporations and really getting hooked into um, innovation offices and helping to provide both insights to those corporations around some micro trends um, that are happening in the climate space, but also potentially connecting um, innovations to, you know, corporations that could do pilots or become a first customer or do some um, R&D. So there's lots of opportunity there, I think, to connect innovation to corporations. Um, And yeah, just continuing to build out our programming and our platform offering. So we launched a membership offering um, just a few days ago. So founders can join for um, an annual membership to access all the programming. We have 25 plus uh, mini camps. We're doing one with Cake on Equity and we can't wait for that. That'll be really awesome because again, this can kind of be a mysterious uh, topic for so many early stage founders and also so critical in helping to attract talent and, you know, make the success of the business part uh, of the employee's success as well. Um, So super excited for, you know, mini camps and programs like um, the one we're doing with Kate coming up um, in the next few months. So yeah, lots of programming going on and just are um, super focused on helping support more early stage innovators and getting them connected into the right places. Yeah, sweet. And then... um... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our session. Um, catching up with Amanda, I think, in the next couple of days from your team. So she seems great. I think we're going to do two two-hour sessions, right? It's it's a it's a deep dive. I'm excited for that. I think we're going to have a real hands-on workshop so we can get people to to use their equity. You know, one I, I regularly do one-hour workshops, and you know, it's really equity 101 quite often because it's quite broad. You've got you know how to do my founder. Set up how to do my founder vesting, how to do founder splits. Um, you've got hiring your first team, you've got advisor equity, you've got preparing for your first round, executing the first round, the different types of equity. So there's quite a bit to talk about. And so I'm glad we've got a couple of sessions because we can do a, a better, bigger overview. And then we can do a couple of sessions um, where we dig into the detail and get the founders hands dirty a bit. Um, we also have a nice um, equity toolkit some free resources that I regularly share uh, that we can go through as well. So pump for that. Um, 
I wanted to dig into the community element a little bit as well for, for 2024. Um, I'm a big believer in community, particularly being important in startups where people are coming into a new space and can feel a bit like fish out of water. So how can people get involved with the community, um, you know, in 2024, I guess that it's online and, and in person as well, or what's the best way for, and what's coming up to, I guess, you know, bring people in? Sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of our programming is online. We also have a Slack community and then our software platform kind of ties it all together. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn though and love to connect with folks that are looking to engage in the climate community as a whole. Um, there are so many great resources on LinkedIn and so many thought leaders and content creators um, that it's just a really great way to like start to expand um, into the broader um, parts of climate. Um, so that's a great place to connect as well. Um, and then we do do some in-person um, events here and there. Um, we have a pretty dispersed team, but last week we ran a pitch competition at a local um, climate conference in Denver. So that was really fun. That was our first live pitch event um, in, in person. We do them virtually as well, pretty much on a monthly basis. Um, so that's another way for folks to get involved. You can come and, and view as a viewer the pitch events see what is happening in climate innovation. Um, we were at Verge last year um, in the Bay Area with GreenBiz um, and we'll certainly be back there again, did a few um, like founder happy hour events and um, uh, are expecting to do things like that as well. And then, um, yeah, thinking about some other kind of um, events as it makes sense in person. Um, so I think that answers your question, but oh. there's lots of ways to get yeah, involved right. and yeah. That's great. We'll have to partner up on some events. I'd love to I know. Yeah. Uh, help out um, pitch events or run up our alley, um, you know, Perfect. community events in Denver for sure. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's keep the ball rolling there. I'll get Garrison uh, across all this as well. Um okay. cool. And um a couple of questions just to finish up. Um I think I'd love to know how you're doing equity at Crowdsolve. Um uh, I don't know if equity for you know in a an accelerator and community group like yours makes sense. I think it does. How are you seeing equity now from your perspective, from um, I guess from an employee equity perspective and or raising and stuff like that? Anything you want to share about how you're seeing it now? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think um, we at CrowdSolve probably did something what similar to how I think probably a lot of founders um, and early stage companies think about equity and that um, it's a great way to share in um, the value of the company as you're building it with the folks that are on kind of the early stages and, and kind of founding team. And so that's how we've leveraged um, equity at CrowdSolve. So, um, you know, uh, while we've been fundraising and, and while we continue to be really cash conscious um, and capital conscious, we've been able to um, use equity as a way to compensate the folks that are working so hard on helping us build CrowdSolve. And so, I think it is an amazing tool for, um, you know, getting people really bought into your mission, getting your team members bought in um, and bought into the success of the company um, and then, you know, getting a stake in the company as well. So um, it's a good uh, lever point, too, I think, for early stage companies that don't necessarily have the cash. If you can use some of that equity for future benefit down the road to some of your most key and, and integral team members, then it's a great kind of way to be creative in compensating your team members. 100%. 100%. 
Hey, uh, I don't think I warned you about this one, but I always finish. I think you said you listened to a couple of other apps. <laughs> um, we always finish with our like health related question. You know, oh. at Kate, we believe that you've got to have your health done first. You can't do anything well without it. Um, so, and that includes mental health, of course. You know, at Kate, we call it creative, healthy lifestyle. If you if you're healthy, you can be more creative. You know, and just generally be be better in in the world. How do you see that uh, and and at CrowdSolve and and you know how do you feel about that as a as a general sort of vibe? <laughs> oh, I love this vibe. I could talk about this vibe for a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that like mental and physical health is so and spiritual health actually is so um, oh, nice. incredible. Um, just I mean, in terms of you know however you define that, for me that's more universal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely have found as a founder. Um, how incredibly important it is to take care of all three of those things. Um, also, as a mom of two young kiddos and a human living on this earth where things can be challenging, I think, you know, making sure that you fill up your cup first in order to be able to pour out to other folks um, each day and, and ongoing is incredibly important. So I have, you know, kind of a pretty long morning ritual, as long as it can be with little kids. Um, where I, you know, slow down and and spend some time either writing or drawing um, and enjoying my coffee slowly before, you know, getting getting started with the day. And then I always do my best to prioritize some sort of physical movement, whether it's yoga or a boot camp or a walk, Um, getting outside and connecting with nature and moving my body is super important. And um, then the rest of the things follow, I think. So I love that. Um, And I think, you know, the they're not disconnected, right? Our physical health and happiness and our mental health and happiness is directly correlated with, you know, how we show up in the world. And so if we can take care of that, and I know sometimes it's hard and it's a privilege, but um, super important. So I love that question. Thanks for asking. Oh, I love that answer. Oh my goodness. Leah. We're like, <laughs> we're like this. This is great. <laughs> One of the best parts about what I do is I get to cruise around the world, meeting amazing people that are having a huge impact. And then even now I get to interview them and bring their stories to the world. And I think, you know, it, we have the risk of feeling like we're all like this and we're in an echo chamber, but we're not, you know, like it's, we need to help people understand how important this health thing is and this mental health thing is. And you can, you can show up in the world happy and relaxed and powerful with great energy and still achieve a lot. You don't have to grind yourself down um, and put yourself last. If you flip that upside down, you can do so much more and and show up well and, and be a positive influence. So Amazing to hear uh, where you are on that journey. It sounds like you're in an advanced state. So exciting uh, for, for, for you and, and thanks for sharing that. So, all right, we're going to wrap it up there. I think that was a fantastic episode. Um, you know, we got to share about Leah and, and CrowdSolve, you know, making a huge impact in the world. And this is exactly where we want to see, you know, capital getting involved, people and their energy getting involved. Uh, you know, really building a better future. Um, so thanks, Leah. Um, it's just the beginning of our ongoing um, partnership and collaboration, I'm sure. I'm excited to see you in person again soon. And, you know, Cake is, is a big fan of what you're doing. So uh, onwards and upwards, eh? Awesome. Thank you so much. We're a big fan of Cake too. And appreciate you for inviting me on to uh, be on this episode. I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Thanks so much. Amazing. Cool. See ya. All right. Bye. Take care.